Hey, 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 beautiful people of the universe. Welcome back to Shine Brighter with Liz, a podcast on personal growth and lifestyle development. And we are in season two. And season two, I am making it my mission to have conversations with people that I find to be lighthouses, light sources in this world, who really just give out positivity and are crushing it in their life right now. If this is your first time listening in, welcome. This is episode 25 of Shine Brighter with Liz. Definitely take a moment to head back to listen to some past episodes. I've had some amazing episodes. Just in season two, I've had conversations from content creators to actresses that are in Spirit Award winning films to hosts to um, writers. So many people, you guys. I mean, Felice that was just on last week and she's a series regular on Grand Hotel and you know, my amazing conversation with Priscilla. But today's guest, today's lighthouse, is the lovely Elaine Del Valle. Elaine Del Valle is an amazing human being that I am so blessed to have in my inner circle. Born and raised in Brownsville, Brooklyn, New York, Elaine Del Valle began her entertainment career as an actress and found early success in the commercial and voiceover markets. While studying acting under the legendary Wynne Hanman at Carnegie Hall, Elaine developed what became her multi-award winning autobiographical one-woman stage play, Brownsville Bread. Her off-Broadway debut brought critical acclaim. The New York Times called it, From Girlhood Trials to Onstage Triumph. Elaine founded Del Valle Productions Incorporated, a full-service bilingual film production and casting company with a mission to infuse entertainment with original programming using diverse talent in front of and behind the camera. Elaine was named trendsetter at New York's Multicultural Medium Forum and Madrina slash Godmother by Prime Latino Media. Her company has gone on to produce multiple films and has a casting division, Del Valle Casting, that has cast actors for major market commercials in television, digital series, theater, and feature films. An accomplished producer, Elaine was the first to license an interstitial series, Grandpa Knows Best, to the HBO Latino Network. She received a 2016 Telly Award for her co-production of PBS slash World Channel series, The Smallest Steps. Elaine co-created, co-wrote, produced, and directed the comedy web series, Reasons Why I'm Single, now on Amazon Prime. Elaine has also directed commercials in English and in Spanish. In 2017, Elaine made her directorial debut in a short film, Final Decision. While in the 2017 film circuit, Final Decision played at over dozens of festivals, winning Del Valle two Best Actor Awards and Best Narrative Director in a Short Film Award. In 2017, Elaine was selected out of nine directors to partake in a Sundance short film narrative lab with the film Me 3.769, which she wrote, produced, cast, directed, and edited. It's a short film based off of her original one-woman show, Brownsville Breath, making its way into major film festivals, such as New York Los Angeles International Film Festival, Miami Film Festival, Houston Latino Film Festival, Silver Screen International Film, Philadelphia International Film Festival, and many, many, many more guys. And also winning awards at those festivals. I know, that's a big bio. I mean, you guys, I don't think you understand. She does it all, she really does. So there's just so much that she's had success in. Without further ado, I bring to you my incredible guest that I'm so glad that she had some time to squeeze out of her busy schedule 
So sit down and chat with us. So I hope you guys find some insight. And this is my conversation with Elaine. All right, we are recording. Thank you so much, Elaine, for being on my podcast. I'm super excited to have you as a guest today. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. So the first thing I really like to ask my guests is, let's start from the beginning. What were you like as a child? What did you want to be when you grew up? And what has really been your journey from childhood to where you are now? As a kid, I was um, very talkative and a real pain in the ass. <laughs> as my mom used to say, like, first I'm slow, I'm a slow poke. She used to drag me everywhere because I guess I was, I was the littlest one. So I was the youngest of four growing up. So my mom would drag me everywhere and we would go shopping and we didn't have a car. So we would walk everywhere and I was so slow. So I was a slow poke <laughs> and, um, but I was pretty happy and always very outgoing and, and very, um, I just wanted to talk all the time and, and, and be with people and, and be belong really. So I was up for anything. I wasn't shy at all. At least I didn't. I wasn't, that's not how I started out. I did not start out shy. Um, I did get there, but uh, it was <laughs> short-lived for a while. Um, so growing up, I wanted to be, first I used to practice um, making commercials, like, like with the, with the um, shampoo bottles. Like I would read the, the copy on the shampoo bottle as if I was making the commercial for it. My earliest memories of, of wanting to do anything was that I guess was acting. And um, as I as I grew up into my teen years, I really became a very good writer. And, and when I say good, I mean recognized in school for my writing. And so with that, I became, uh, I turned my poems into rap songs because I lived in the hood. <laughs> so, um, so living in the hood, if you're a, a poetic writer, you turn them into rap songs. And for a long time, I wanted to be a rapper. And I really thought that I was going to be a rapper. So, um, so that was my aspiration in my teen years. And then, um, yeah, and then I just sort of realized or not realized. I, I think what it was is I wasn't able to realize uh, that there was even an option for me in, in the arts direction. It really like, I was hampered by it, by, by lack of opportunity. And then also my, fa my father was, an, was a uh, singer and songwriter and a, and a musician. And he had failed in a, um, I shouldn't say failed because he was very successful at that. However, how he did fail was he ended up becoming addicted to drugs hmm. and um, with that drug addiction he had to leave the family and so uh, partly because there was no access to programs that promoted arts in where I was in Brownsville Brooklyn New York in the hood <laughs> section 8 projects but also because I guess uh, you know looking back I watched the fall of a, of a great what I thought was a great artist and uh, and I guess that also diminished my belief that anything could ever happen. It wasn't until I, I grew up a bit in my, uh, you know, late, late teens, early twenties that I realized, wait a minute, there is a career in the arts for me. And if I pursue it correctly and learn a little bit about it, I may be able to get representation. And the minute that I started taking it seriously, um, I started being 
noticed immediately by by agents like I sent out postcards back then there was no you know e I mean there was email but not much um and I made postcards I made a headshot with postcards and I just put on it I'm a Latina bilingual and I had every major agent commercially wanting to meet with me so it happened pretty fast for me commercially mm -hmm. and everything else took more work wow that's an amazing story. Yeah. And so now you are an amazing person that I've had the opportunity to work with. So let's talk about what has been the longest um, lesson that's taken you the longest to learn. The lesson that's taken me the longest to learn is that, well, I learned pretty quickly. So um, it doesn't take me long to learn things. But um, I would say it has to be knowing that I I should take my time because I can get through things rather quickly and uh, I'm better off if I take my time doing them because if I don't take my time, I'm doing whatever it is that I'm doing a disservice where, right. where my, you know, how fast I work really helps me get a lot accomplished. But when it's something that's important, like a film that takes so much time, like there's no need to rush it. And that's what I say to my, the artists that I work with a lot. And they're like, well, I have to have this in by tomorrow because I have to start an hour a day. But do not say, this is it, close the chapter, it's done. Because unless we, you know, unless we start shooting it already and it's already in the can, okay, now there's nothing you could do about it. But until that's done, keep, make it, keep working on it to make it better and better. Otherwise, you know, just take your time. That's what I learned. Right, right. Awesome. I don't drag, that. you know, don't drag on things, but, you know, give it the time that it, that it deserves deserves yeah I totally feel that like sometimes I feel like I can get to a point where I want to be somewhere where I'm not you know even when we were in Miami Film Festival that happened with me one time where I was telling you how I felt frustrated because I wanted to be over here and you even said to me Liz like look at how far you've come and you really took a chance on me the first time and putting me in your film and and now that film has had a lot of success which has given my career a lot of momentum so yeah, I think it is all about that process and understanding that anything that's worth it in life does take time. And I love that you even told me, you know, collaborate with people that are locals, like collaborate with people that are doing work that you want to be doing. And that was something that really opened up my mind to being like, okay, why don't I be more of a go-getter? And I felt safer knowing that I had you on my side to be like, hey, you should be doing this or do this. So I love that. So let's talk about this. So you get a lot done. You're, you're obviously a very lady boss. You do a little bit of everything. You're a casting director, you're a writer, you're an actress, you're a filmmaker. You do a lot. So what are you, the best habits that you're proud of and that you think others can benefit from if they incorporate that in their life? Best habits for me is, I would say, being open to things. Just don't, don't like... I don't push things that aren't organic, but if something comes up that is organic, I'm, I'm ready for it. And I'm just, I'm hearing and I'm being open to anything. Like as the example, people say, um, jack of all trades, master of none. And, you know, studied acting at Carnegie Hall under the legendary Wynne Handman. And I was so dedicated for years just to acting. But as an actress, I did not have the ability to command people to see me. And that is very hard as an actor. But if I just stood to acting and waiting for my opportunity for other people to give me my opportunity, then I never would have been where I am today. 
And it was because I pursued my own, my own, my own agenda. Um, and that was acting. Like I, I ended up writing what became a multiple award winning one woman play. And it was very successful. And because I did that, people started to see me. And the first opportunity that came to me was actually casting. I was a guy that I had worked with and uh, he produced me before in a commercial. And he said, I love your play. I love you. I think you're amazing. And I would like to work with you every single day, but I can't hire an actor every single day. So tell me, what else do you do? And I just said, what do you need? And he just looked at me and said he needed casting. And I had been in every casting office in New York. And I was like, you know what? I can try to do that. I can do that. If you're willing to give me a chance that I'm willing to wholeheartedly try to do it. And if I don't, and if I fail, then fine, you know? So, so, you know, push yourself, do things if you think you can do it. But I had to learn a lot to be a good casting director. And the acting part of it was, was, you know, a big portion of it, but it was really the professional platforms, how to see people, how to communicate with agents and actors. Those things really um, were a learning curve for me. But now after 10 years of casting, I feel like there is no better casting director than me available that's out there. There's, there's just, there's no better casting director. Um, what is better is the pay scale that they are able to offer the actors. So if I get like to cast a network television show, then I'm going to get the same actors because all those actors want to be in it. But I'll get the same caliber of actors submitting than anyone else, than any, you know, any big time casting director that anyone could think of. Right. So, you know, the, I have all the platforms that they had and, and I'm able, because I have to work on a lot of indie projects to make my name. I have a lot of, I have a lot of actors that come to me that are not well known yet, but I'm able to spot them and see that they will be soon. So right. I use that to my benefit when I'm casting like indie projects. I know that these people are going to be very well known soon because I spot talent. I know what that looks like and, and uh, I've been doing it long enough. So I have a lot of, I get to meet a lot of great talent before they even know that they're great. And at this level, I tell them that they're great. Mm -hmm. I say, you are great and you are going to work. I literally sit them down and explain to them how much I believe in them because I see it and other people are going to see it as well as soon as they get into their doors. So yeah. that's, that's, the, that's the good thing about being an, an indie casting director working with new talent. But, you know, I'm always trying to get the next best job available as a casting director. Um, right. but, that, but that's casting. You know, I could answer that question in every <laughs> aspect, but in the casting world, I'll keep it there for now. Yeah, but no, that's great. And it's true that you do do that because I know from firsthand you have pulled me aside and have really spoken so much great things to me that have really given me confidence. I mean, I'm very confident in my career, but you have been able to be that mentor for me and really do that. So I think it's amazing that young artists have you to really be that voice of reason for them, which is why I find you to be such a lighthouse and light source in this world and why I wanted to have you on the podcast because you do do it all and you also encourage people at the same time. So now I have like this other question that kind of just came up to mind. 
did, were you afraid, like you said, you, you know, weren't focused so on acting. Were you afraid when your life started turning you into different directions? Like, did you feel like, oh no, I might lose focus or were you just like, all right, let's just try this. And was there ever a fear of thinking, oh my God, I'm not going to be focused? No, because I was so focused on acting that it was all I could think about. And then I felt like a desperate actor, like, geez, mm. let them see me, tell them to see me. I'm good for this. I'm good for this. But now I'm not that actor. I know that the casting directors know what they're doing. So I focus on this thing. And then when I get the audition from my legit agent or my legit manager who says they want to see you for this, that's when I focus on that and hone in on that. And I'm always well rehearsed as an actor. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a practice that I'm constantly engaged in. So I'm not losing focus. That, that's still my focus. What worries me about casting and acting is that casting directors know that I'm also a casting director. So mm. maybe they don't take me seriously as an actor, but I can't worry about what they're thinking. You know, the people on the other end of that camera who end up seeing me, if, if, if my work is good enough, they're going to want to put me in front of those people. Right. And then those producers who choose me, they're not, they don't know if I'm a casting director or not. They don't know anything except for the actress that stands before them. So look, it's a double-edged sword, but I have to do what I have to do. And casting is a terrific career. I love it. I love giving other actors opportunity. I love knowing other actors. I love being able to then place those actors in my own films as a director and a producer and a writer. And, and that's just a success for me. And if I, you know what? If the role is right for me, I'll jump in. I'll jump in as long as I don't, as long as it doesn't interfere, as long as the project doesn't become a vanity project for me, then I'll jump in. But I'm not right for every single role that I write. I'm right for the, you know, I'm a casting director. I understand what makes people right when they walk in the room, what makes people the most right for the role. So I just take all of that into account. And it's, it's tough being both, but only emotionally, not not in the physical world for me. That's, it's not tough at all in any other way, except for emotionally have, having to counteract people. Do they take you seriously? Which is always a thing. It always has been a thing and it probably always will be. Right. What is something you wish more actors knew about from the casting perspective? Like what is something that maybe a lot of actors do that you're like, man, I just wish they wouldn't do that. Or just in general, like, what is it like on the other side of the table that would really help us if we knew? I mean, there's so many different things, little tiny things that are, you know, pet peeves of mine. When, when I, when I give instructions on exactly how to tape, like tape that way, don't tape, don't tape vertically. If I say horizontally, I need it horizontally for a reason, because when I download it, it needs to look that way for my client. Otherwise it's skewed. So like little things follow directions. This week, I'm, I'm casting something nationwide for a company out of Dubai. And I, I needed like Egyptian, English speaking, but Egyptian looking people or Egyptian people. And I did it for New York first, which is where they're shooting. And then they had to extend nationwide. So I give people instructions because if I say just slate your name and do the sides, I don't need to hear my name is this, my agent is this, my phone number is this, because every moment is a moment that, that I'm taking away from, the, from hearing just the performance that I need to hear to know if you're gonna be included or not. 
So like little things, just get to business. Say your name, get to business when you're, when you're doing a tape. I don't need, unless I ask for the extra information, don't give it. The other thing is if I ask for a downloadable tape, guess what? I need it to be downloadable. I give explicit directions, no YouTube. I, if I want to share it with my client, I need to download it to my platform. I mean, most of the times the platforms allow me to send you the ability to upload to my system, but there are other times like these nationwide hard, hard searches that I have to go dig deeper and I need alternative ways of downloading the information. So that one, two, um, don't harp, if you don't get in the room and they know, and they know that you're there, they know that, that you are who you are, don't worry about it. They, you don't know what they're really looking for. They may have just changed the specs to younger or older or shorter or darker. But if you are specifically right, like if you speak the language or if you're exactly what the character is um, in your notes, say, speak, speak Spanish, look at my reel, uh, just won this, don't, hello, my name is such and such, I would really like the opportunity. All that stuff means nothing to me. Everybody wants the opportunity. That's a given. Right. I don't need that. I just need what, as it pertains to the role, specifically short and sweet, because I only see the first two lines. Otherwise, I have to open it, right? So, hello, how are you? Hope you're well. All of that. If I see that first, I don't care about it. But if I see speak Spanish, am exactly this, am exactly that, look at my clip for this, just one that, I'm going to open it. So be fast, get to it, get to business. That's my advice. Right. Yeah. That's great advice. Do you feel like you like for actors to kind of keep you updated? Do you understand that perspective since you are an actress and a filmmaker? Um, I do, but I prefer like send me a postcard in the yeah. mail because guess what? Everybody gets email now and it doesn't matter. So send me a postcard. If you just did a role, take a snapshot of the role, put a postcard in and say, Hey, I just did this role right so that's just like wow this girl's working right i don't i don't really need the email of the clip or or an email is fine as well but i get them all the time right. so i'm inundated with like see this see that and <clears throat> i try to look at everything but you know for the most part i get stuff like i'm an actor from such and such and my passion is acting i know i'm a good actor like i don't need to hear it it's unprofessional right the other thing is that if you're in for a really good part, like a film, even a short film, which are really a calling card now for young directors. So I recommend actors going into short films, you know, trying out for those parts, not always going for the gold, but go for good, good roles and know your lines because it will make a difference. Mm -hmm. It'll help you as the actor and just know your lines. If you're off book, it just, it helps. It helps the entire audition. Right. That's great. Thanks for all that insight, Elaine. I, I know a lot of my listeners are actors, so I know that they're definitely going to feel like um, that they gained some insight on that. So what is some advice you would give um, either younger self, Elaine, or younger um, young actors, filmmakers, people that want to pursue some kind of the arts? What's kind of advice you would give them all across the board in any of the arts? Start now. Like start right away and don't be limited and learn 
don't think like you're naturally good. Great, great. You have great instincts, but there's a craft to every aspect of filmmaking, whether it be directing, which I just started doing in the last few years, and I love it. I finally found the one outlet that gets it all out for me, full-on filmmaking with directing mm -hmm. and choosing camera angles, but really learn and try to learn from the best. I learn, I'm, I'm taking intensive classes with the Sundance Institute all the time. I just finished an intensive episodic and I just wrote my first really, what I call a really good procedural drama pilot. And I was shocked, but I, and it's a craft and I learned it and I, and I studied it and I learned from the best and I worked at it. So, you know, keep learning and learn from the right people. Yeah, I think that's really solid advice. I had um, a friend of mine that was telling me like, yeah, don't get to the point where you just think that you don't need to keep working on your craft, like keep developing your craft, keep working. Even if you're an actor, even if you, you know, book something, I had a friend of mine that before she booked her series regular role, like she was taking class with filmmakers, um, you know, Bob, Bob Krakauer here in New York, that if you're an actor, you should definitely take class with him, like on camera and stuff. And I feel like even for myself, I tell myself, okay, like I want to make sure that I am auditioning, but I'm also still working on the craft. I know that it's so important to make sure you have the, the business side, but that the craft side is still doing good as well. And, you know, I'm going to be now in Chicago for two or three months and I'm going to try to take some classes at Second City, uh, do some improv. I just had like two auditions this week that I'm so grateful that I had improv in my bachelor's training and my BFA because I was able to just, I was, I felt really comfortable um, doing it and being in the room. I felt really comfortable just being like, well, this is a, a something I have in my, in my toolbox that I can pull out of. I haven't done improv probably since, you know, junior year of college, but I still have it in my toolbox, but I was just so glad that I was able to pull that out. And then once I realized like how, how much I, found fun in it and how much I felt like okay this is something that I'm actually good at and I was like I need to start honing in on this even more so just really figuring out like okay now I'm going to be going to Chicago taking class at Second City um just to keep keep improving my craft I really do believe what you said is that you never stop growing you're always constantly you know learning more about the craft or like you're saying like now you're doing directing and now you're taking more classes than that or you know filmmaking and you're learning I mean even on set I remember you coming up as a director and showing me like your process, showing me what you had written down on a paper so I could understand as an actress of how, what cameras we were going to be working with. And I know that you as a director were really insightful. And I, I know that you understood it because you're an actress yourself. So you understand kind of what we need as actors. So I really love that you said that about, you know, really working hard. Um, Cause I know a lot of actors that they're just like, okay, I think I'm good at this. And they just think that that's enough. Um, but I'm glad that you really mentioned that you just really got to keep working at it and you're never going to stop working. So, and you should, like you said, you enjoy the process. So it's about enjoying that process and, you know, continuing to learn, but enjoying it at the same time, because I feel like once it's not enjoyable, it's like, why are you even doing it? So I'm really interested to know who are the people that you look up to that you find inspiring that are really just your role models in the career aspect. My role models are, Jesus, anybody just doing their thing, you know, like the woman who wrote Mia Soracho. I'm gonna, mm -hmm. I'm, I don't, I don't remember her first name right now, but I just binge watched the entire season. Mm -hmm. I so look up to that woman, like doing it, writing it, 
being a part of uh, a community that really needs that voice. So, so her, you know, everybody was going to say like, Uva Duvernay, Ava Duvernay, Every, everybody will say all of these people that inspire them. But um, all of those women, Gina Davis is an inspiration to me, what she's, how she's trying to change the narrative of film. Um, but, you know, I find inspiration everywhere, which everybody should be able to do if they are artists and filmmakers. Right. And those are some amazing people that you look up to. And I think when we have people that we aspire to be like, or we resemble something like something that they're doing kind of sparks something in us. I feel like it really gives us guidance because I know that success is a, 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 a path. So you can look back and be like, okay, so what was Jennifer Lopez's path or even you, Elaine? Like I've always said that I find you like older me. Like I feel like you are me when I'm at your age. I, I always say that, you know, you're such a lady boss, that you're a producer, that you're a casting director, you do all of these things, a filmmaker and a director. And I remember being on set with you while we were recording the last scene of me 3.769 and just seeing how much fun you were having directing and being behind the camera. And I was just so eager to learn from you because you look so excited just being behind that camera, um, being like, oh, we got the shot. And I just remember asking you, I'm like, I feel like that has to be the most artistically fulfilling feeling because it's your, it was your vision, you know, your story coming to life from your experiences to putting it on paper to then casting it to then directing it and, and then getting to edit it and now all of the success that it's had. So I just feel like you're an inspiration to me and just being a true testimony that if you want something, you make it happen, you know, and if you have a story to tell, then tell it, you know, so I, yeah, I find you as such as a person that I find inspiring. <laughs> All right, so I have another question that kind of just came into my mind. Um, I want to know, so obviously we talked a little bit about casting. We talked about your journey of being an actress and the agents wanting to pick you up and you having success in the commercial world and acting world and in your one-person show. Um, and then obviously a little bit about filmmaking and directing and all of that. But I want to know, like, now that you talked about directing really giving you that outlet, really being that main source of connection um, that's artistically fulfilling, do you feel like that is going to be your main focus now is more directing filmmaking? And do you feel like the process, like everything that you've hap that's happened in your life has really led up to this moment of you being where you are now as a director? Or are you going to continue just being extremely multifaceted? Yeah, what's your thoughts on that? Well, everything that I have ever learned has helped me to be a better director. Like I edit my own films, uh, not because I want to, because I have to, but then because I had to, I understand now how to, you know, continue how to make shots longer to give me more options and, and how to ex expand my options in the cut. That makes me a better director on set. You know, being a great actor, that makes me able to communicate with my actors. When you study directing, the best thing to do is actually study every aspect of every job or every job to be able to communicate effectively with your team. So there's nothing that I regret in terms of, you know, where's my focus now? I'll tell you, I, I, I get good, very good parts and I do the parts and I'm on my way to set and I feel very good. I'm going to have a trailer. I'm going to be opposite a, like a, a name artist, an actor. Wow, I'm playing this part. I'm so happy about it. And on the way there, I say, 
I wish I was directing that. Wow. You know, I wish I was directing it. And then you see the directors because the directors are not always the same director for every, as a matter of fact, most of the time it's, you're on the circuit as a director and you're like directing one episode of one episode of. So you don't even have a chance to be a part of the team. You're just like the director for the, for the week. And so that is, that has to be very challenging as well because you want to put your own spin on it, but you have to be in that, you know, in that series as well. So I'm sure it's a struggle for everybody. I'm not there yet with directing episodic that I'm hired on a regular basis. I wish I were on the circuit. I'm not DGA yet, but that is a goal of mine to be DGA and I'm learning and I'm going to get there and I don't know how long it's going to take me, but it doesn't matter because I love the journey. Right. And is that something you just said you love the journey? Is that something that took you a while to learn to love the journey or do you feel like you've always loved the journey? I have always loved the journey. Um, every aspect of the journey has always been very excellent for me. Um, so I've always loved it. I just, you know, I, I realize more and more that, you know, once you've gotten somewhere, you just want to go to the next level. So it doesn't matter. You just have to think about, and when you feel stalled, you just have to think about yesterday, meaning years ago, how far you've come from, from then to now, and then see in the next few years if you could have that same growth spurt. That's always the aim is to grow more. Because once I do another short, now I want to do a feature. Once I win awards as a director as a short, now I want to do this. Once I do drama, now I want to do um, action. I want to do things that men are hired to do mostly. You know, I want to get paid uh, as a director. So now I'm getting into the commercial markets as well. I just directed a couple of commercials that someone hired me for. So being hired as a director is a goal. But every time I reach a goal, I have another goal. It doesn't end. I want to continue because I love the journey. Right. You love what you do. That's amazing. I love that so much. Okay, let's move on to the word game. So the word game is pretty simple. Just when I ask you a word, just go ahead and tell me what that (laughs) word means to you. Okay. So what good. does the word purpose mean to you? The word purpose means to me, um, I, think, I think really finding your purpose is really just finding your mission. I think it's very important to know your purpose and speak your truth. And you have to find that for yourself in order to feel fulfilled in any way. So if my purpose is, for me, I know what my mission and my purpose is. And that is to put a voice out there, especially for Latinas in the filmmaking world, not just behind the camera, in front of the camera as well, so that young girls like me back then know that there is space for me and whatever it is that I want to accomplish, whatever career goal, but we need to see ourselves in that. So my purpose is to make sure that I inform every job with as much diversity and female centric and inclusion as I can in order for other people to have those role models. And that's not just me, that's everybody else as well. That's like everybody on my team. I want them to reflect inspiration to young people who may not have those opportunities or think that they are not viable in that career. Right. What does the word success mean to you? 
success is is happiness your children's happiness if you're a parent you're always like i i struggle with that every day if my daughter's not happy i'm not happy and that is you know that's just being a parent if my husband's not happy i'm not happy as a wife if my client's not happy i i for me success is i know that's like making people happy no <laughs> that is fulfilling fulfilling the expectation that they have of me Right. which my own expectation, I like to put it even higher than they expect because I like to overachieve rather than underdeliver. I want to overdeliver. So that for me is always my, you know, success. If I overdeliver and I make my client happy, like, God, I can't believe you found these people needle in a haystack. I feel so successful and great that I accomplished that for them and, and being a part of their team that was successful, that they can know that anything that they put on me, if I say yes, it's because I can do it. That's success to me. I love that. What does the word creative mean to you? Oh gosh, creative is, um, creative is just, you know, ex 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 expressing it and then brainstorming the possibilities. Um, for me, there are tools to creativity that I learned, like in writing, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen to your character? What's the worst thing? And then put it there. And so for me, that creativity, you know, you have to, you have to jog it. You have to, you know, shake things up in order to go places that you haven't gone necessarily as an experience, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. Okay, so I just want to say thank you so much, Elaine, for taking the time out of your very busy schedule. Um, I just want to say thank you for jumping on and uh, recording with me. I know my listeners are going to find so much insight, so I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. I really yes. appreciate it. Yes, and one more thing. Where can the listeners find you if they want to reach out to you? Oh, thank you. Yes. You know what? Follow me on Instagram, okay. Elaine Del Valle Productions. Elaine Del Valle Productions, E-L-A-I-N-E-D-E-L-V-A-L-L-E -L -L -E Productions. And when you follow me, if you send me a message, I always respond. Great. So reach out and uh, I'll definitely respond. Awesome. Thank you so much, Elaine. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. And there you guys have it. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Elaine Del Valle. She is an amazing woman that has come into my life, honestly, by the grace of God, because the first day that I met Elaine, it's so funny, actually, I'll tell you guys a quick story. I had been doing a lot of research on casting directors, and there was a part that she was casting, and I went into my detective mode. I was looking at her website, I was looking at all of these things, and I had even taken a screenshot of her picture from IMDb and saved it on my desktop, because I was gonna continue you know, doing research on this project and hopefully maybe reaching out for the part that I thought I was good for. Well, I go to a film festival that night and guess who happens to be there? Elaine. So I'm with my friends and I go, oh my God, you guys, I know that woman. I was stalking her today. She's on my desktop. And they're like, no way. So I'm like, yeah, act cool. So we go into the festival and when we're sitting at the festival, she ends up sitting right next to me. And I'm like, oh my God, she's sitting right next to me and I know who she is. And she was so nice and she kept talking to me and being friendly. And her film was on and her film actually wins an award. And my friend that was with me 
the film, he knew the person that the film was about. He's like, I know that person that you made that film about. It was a person that's already passed away. And he's like, my dad was friends with him. So Elaine's like, oh my God, no way. So we're end up having a conversation at the end of the festival because of my friend. And she starts talking to us about her, the film. And she starts talking about how she's a casting director. And then like word vomit, I was like, I had to build up the courage to be like, yeah, I know you're casting Bobby, which was what she was casting at the time. And she looked at me and she goes, how do you know? And inside of me, I was like, it's because I do my job as an actress. Like I'm researching, you know, these people. And she looks at me and she goes, did you audition for a Novino commercial? And I had. And she's like, you were one of our top picks. And I was like, I literally in that moment look up and I go, God, it was such a full circle moment of just being like, oh my God. And it's amazing because... Who knows if that was manifestation? I mean, I doubt it because I literally had just seen it, but it was meant to be. She was meant to cross my path. And I just I just really find it as it was a gift from God because Elaine has really opened so many doors for me from just being such a person that I can talk to, to a confidant and just being like, you know, this is how I'm feeling in my career and her giving me that push or giving me the opportunity and now our film being successful. She's just such an amazing person. So if you guys are listening and you are an actor, I highly, highly, highly recommend you reach out to her through Instagram. Um, like she said, her her platform, reach out to her on her Instagram or, um, you know, find her email. Just find a way to connect with Elaine because, you know, she's always meeting new actors and she really does give you a, an opportunity. So if, if you know, you want to put your best uh, foot forward. So if you're an actor or a filmmaker or anything like that, she does a lot of work in Miami and in New York, and she casts, obviously, nationwide. So definitely reach out to her. I hope you guys keep having an amazing day. If you have a friend that's an actor or a filmmaker or casting director, share this episode with them. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Till next time, keep shining. <laughs>